0: Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout, where we interview people from all walks of life and get their direct tools and strategies that they use to perform and develop and be the best version and be as successful as they possibly can. This is very key because in life, to move forward, we need to grow. In order to grow, we need to not be have destructive habits. These destructive habits are what cause us to constantly feel like we're in a state of burnout. And you'll see in this episode, we talk and we ask the interviewee what it is that they describe burnout as, because this creates a a, a starting point of what they think or they believe burnout is to them. So what is it to you? What is burnout to you specifically so that you can start there and then you can apply these tools that you're learning through these episodes, through these interviews to yourself? Now, not everybody's able to do this on their own. Not everybody can apply and learn these tools and know which ones to use on themselves. So this is why we've created the Fight the Burnout coaching program so that we can one-on-one coach you through and create success and performance in your life directly to your specific needs. If you're interested in this, send us an email at fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. That's fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you with Uh, organizing to talk and have a specific session for you to really propel you forward. Now, take this time, get a notebook, get a piece of paper, or just listen and enjoy this interview because you're going to learn some tools and strategies that you may not have picked up in the past. So without further ado, let's get rolling because I know you've been waiting welcome to another episode of fight the burnout today we have maria she is coming in to us from florida uh lovely florida i love that place Uh, but she is a burnout coach uh, so she also helps people overcome burnout she's had her experience with it as well which she will tell us about here shortly but as usual maria i'm gonna let you take it away but thank you very much for being here today
1: Thank you so much, Chris. So yeah, my name is Maria Marcahano and um, I am a burnout repair coach. I work specifically for, uh, with women um, because I had a personal experience and that's why I'm here with burnout and I have realized through my journey that the way that women, women experience burnout and stress is unique. Um, And I, I didn't have that voice. I didn't have the hand when I was going through my entire process. And, you know, a lot of trial and error went on. And so as it tends to be, whatever your journey is, is serving you so you can help others. Um, Many years ago, going on 10 years ago, I was a professional in the corporate event industry. Yeah. And um, I was telling Chris that um, where I'm here in Florida, Orlando, is second only to Vegas on the size and the amount of corporate events that happen. So these are tens and thousands sometimes times more than that, like, like cities. Yeah. Like one event is a whole city. So the logistics are are insane and uh, you can imagine the level of uh stress because one little mistake and in, in, in an event like that it can be catastrophic <laughs> and so there's quite a bit of pressure and uh, this industry is very um it relies on people that are very detail-oriented and uh, meticulous and borderline perfectionists so when um someone like me (laughs) with these tendencies that one can say they are a good thing but they can be run you know in the other direction so someone like me who is a high achiever or a high performer and with a tendency towards perfectionism lands in this type of work environment, when that is space and is how you, you know, do the best, um, you probably can realize how I drove it to, um, well, the other end. Until what I say is that I, I just uh, push my body to the ground. Right. Yeah. I loved my career. I was really good at it. And sometimes that's what happens. Like you, high yeah. um, perform it, uh, Individuals in, in, um, and people like me, they love what they do. They tend to be really good at it and they thrive on being good at it. Yeah. But the only, the problem is that you thrive on that and that only in the rest of your life. sort of disappears. Yeah. And you're so identified with your role as a professional and a successful uh, professional and um, that then, of course, the other areas of your life suffer. That's what ends up happening and combined with the high stress of the industry. um, I was really young, actually. I was in because I was a high achiever by 30. I was the youngest only woman and only minority person in most of this big uh, boardroom meetings. So I felt really intimidated and that made me kind of push further, like harder. Yeah. Um, and, and I end up burning out big time uh, at age 33. And the way that this showed up, so burnout can show up in many ways, but in, in my body,
0: So what was your definition of burnout, Maria?
1: Yeah, good question. So burnout for me is the emotional, mental, and physical um, uh, manifestation of complete Uh, being drained
0: yeah
1: uh, being completely drained but you're drained emotionally physically and mentally and uh, typically that comes after the onset of stress or what some people call uh, sympathetic overdrive like always being on that space uh, from your nervous system so it's a total it's a depletion it's just being depleted mentally uh, physically and emotionally and that's how it happened um, yeah,
0: I can totally like like we were talking about before, and people will obviously know as well um, if if they're not new to listening. Uh, is my wife? she was an event manager pre COVID, and so I can totally. Like she do you know? She went to her last event that she did last year uh, in 2019, was she took a group of was it 60? I think it was uh, to the Rugby World Cup. And she, mm-hmm. she did, that was for like four days or five days. She's like, I literally slept like three hours a day the whole time I was up there. <laughs> She's like, I, I literally, she, was, she, she goes, I was literally hallucinating at the end of it. <laughs> and I then she came back it. and slept for a whole day. <laughs> you,
1: you, you know what is so crazy? Because I remember I didn't have enough sleep anytime I had a program. And then in the morning, when I'd be up at four in the morning or whatever, you know, before everyone had to have breakfast or, you know, I'm showing up and you were kind of a zombie. Yeah. for a bit there you just going through the motions and just trying to it's this in sensation of being totally exhausted but at the same time wired
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because you have that adrenaline around it and i can relate to as well i did vip protection so i did like new zealand's version of secret service for almost four mm-hmm. years the same thing we do 16 hour days turn around and be back at work six hours later uh and you and and you had to drive back to the station to de-kit and then drive home and then drive back to the station get your kit and then drive back to the end you're just like yeah and it's yeah. it is it's exhausting and then you're also like for me at least and i know for an event it's similar as well you're so um it's so high high level buzzing during that time and adrenaline's running mm-hmm. so much like for for police officer you know you're so hyper vigilant you're always scanning always you know, you're switched on constantly mm-hmm. on what could go wrong and you know it, it drains you and then you get to the end and you're like ah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you completely pump it the other way so you've gone you went through a massive burnout with the with all with the events and that yeah you completely shift and changed everything that you're doing now Did you up and just straight leave events when you burned out or how did that kind of work? How did you come to the identification that you were burned out?
1: It wasn't that straightforward really um, because at the beginning, the first symptoms that showed up for me um, were not physical, they were emotional. Um, So I was feeling anxious and I was losing my cool (laughs) and uh and the funny thing is that one of the reasons why i used to get some of the best accounts is because i was really cool under pressure and very friendly and very when everyone was losing it i tend to be the person that always says like okay let's look at this But in reality, I wasn't managing my emotions. I was internalizing them and just swallowing all of this. Uh, And it got a point to where it started to show. And so I was getting nervous and trying to to hide it because I was nervous. I was afraid that people were gonna think that, you know, I wasn't as good as, as as I was before in my profession. And then I used to like lose my, I started losing tem- my temper with some of my team members. And that was, that's totally out of character for me. And that was a big red flag. So for me, the emotional part. And then at night, I remember going home and crying to go to sleep just crying or sometimes if I didn't cry at night, I'll cry in the morning driving to work. So my emotions were all over the place. It was confusing but i thought well i just you know i'm gonna when the low season comes and i'll be fine i'll take a vacation right (laughs) always Um, going out
0: for that vacation that's months and months away yes
1: (laughs) so i'll just you know take care of that so i didn't pay attention and that went on for a few years i would say at least two years i kept pushing um then there was the mental aspect Mm -hmm. which a lot of people experience which is that brain fog and the inability to focus, and I tell people, yeah, and I tell people, I had a uh, almost quarter of a million dollar mistake, Mm. and uh, yeah, but I could, I wasn't quite put in either, Mm. you know, I just didn't quite, because I never heard the word burnout, Mm. this was about 10 years ago, I had no concept of this, but the last frontier was when my physical health, i um, starting to deteriorate. I am, I, I'm petite. And uh, so when someone like me starts losing weight, you look sick.
0: Yeah.
1: And I started to look sick and my hair started to fall. Um, and that's just, you know, that's to tell you how much you can ignore things until the body is like, it pulls a break for you. And so the final goal for me was when I went to the doctor to figure out what was going on because I was so tired and I didn't look healthy. And people were starting to talk in the office like I had some type of eating disorder and which didn't help. Um, and they, um, I was diagnosed with uh, um, premenopause at age 33. So wow. my hormone levels had age some 30 years ahead of me. Wow. And that was really scary. Yeah, and i started to plan my exit at that very point because i didn't know what else to do
0: yeah
1: and the doctor didn't either Mm. it was like you had to do something and the suggestions do yoga so i started (laughs) you know well it could have been worse so i i started there but in my mind i thought I didn't know how to stay in this industry and get better at the same time. I couldn't see it, so I started my exit strategy. And less than a year after that diagnosis, I left uh, to get That's, to get better. To get better. Really. It's
0: it's it's crazy because I have my journeys. I don't know if you're familiar with it or if Belinda told you much about it, but my journey is very similar. I did policing, saw some of not even as bad as some of my colleagues had seen, but it just messed me up quite bad. And I internalized that same thing beginning absolutely loved it. And then down the track ended up being like, no, nobody should ever do this job. Do not ever even think about it. And like literally people that I had told they should join, I was telling them, don't even think about it, go do something else. Um, And people would ask me, oh, you know, how do I become a cop? And I go, don't do it. Um, But, uh, but, you know, and so I got down that same thing and I started to get real angry and snappy and out of the order wasn't myself and that and then push come to shove lots of different stuff almost cheered on my wife had lots of different things kind of happen and um we ended up going to counselor and the counselor said the same exact thing to me and she's like you need to you need to take a break because you're so empty and so i literally i was ready the next week to go just go anywhere I was like okay I'm out of here um but we created a bit of a plan and on my the day after my 30th birthday I flew back to the states and I did three months just to refine myself on a motorcycle Mm. traveling around forcing myself to do the things that I knew were me but I had lost so it's it's interesting so tell us about your journey to come back from that stage to you know to where you're at now kind of to to not be burned out (laughs)
1: to be honest with you um it's interesting what you tell me like you can you you came to the states and you went on your motorcycle which i'm assuming is something that you were passionate yep. about yep. before passionate um about. because in my case i did not have anything to fall back to because i had always always been the overachiever mm. that was that girl in school me 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 me. <laughs> I was that I, I volunteer for every single additional thing if I knew that was gonna give me some type of, um, because all of my identity was tied to, to achieving, uh, uh, and of course this comes from, from um, upbringing, right? And this uh, this li- this beliefs that we started, to start working on your unconscious. So I had no hobbies. Uh, actually, you know the way that I got uh i i felt better while i was in the middle of this with retail therapy and uh and then going on vacation so spending money yeah. um going on vacations and um, drinking my glass of wine at night uh, so i had i truly didn't have any healthy coping mechanism or anywhere to go so for me it That's was really, like it's really
0: good for viewers because for me i had that because i grew up sailing around the world and my parents mm-hmm. took my sailboat through my teenage years and that so, so you had you, you felt you didn't have any healthy things. So what did you do? Tell us what so, did you
1: did. Well, so I took the one thing someone told me, which is do yoga.
0: <laughs> because cool. it was the,
1: one, the only thing, right? That I, it makes sense. I had other friends. Um, I have friends that um, worked at the Cirque, at Cirque de Soleil at the mm-hmm. time. And uh, they always talked about this yoga teacher and this yoga this. So I started doing yoga. And then in true... <laughs> By achieving form I decided to become a yoga teacher not just there's not nothing, just there's doing nothing
0: yoga. wrong with that you found a passion you found something else right. you enjoyed and you're so, like cool I want to get really good but uh, you know I want to I want to touch on that just for a second for viewers of that if because I know there's so many people out there that need to be perfect high achievers all you know all that kind of thing like you were describing yourself and actually applying that to getting better can actually, it's a huge benefit. It's actually a very good thing to have to be a high achiever because somebody who isn't a high achiever will go, oh, I feel like crap, but I'm going to do nothing about it. Whereas when you recognize as a high achiever, you recognize I'm going to, I feel like crap and I don't want to be this anymore. Like I'm a high achiever as well. When I put my mind to something, it's let's go. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do everything I can to get better. I spent three, four, the last four years literally just working on myself and then transferring it over and turning it into like kind of like we'll talk about with you but same thing it's like let's just dive into this and let's go so you go did yoga, found yoga decided you're going to be become a yoga teacher
1: yeah i spent one month in this center uh and indeed that like the i did the option had that option of just do one month leave because i thought i just want to plug myself out yeah. of all my known environment. And so I lived in that yoga center for, for a month, made great friends, went through the whole process. There was a lot of obviously healing, a lot of emotional healing, a lot of uh, learning. And that was uh, important to, for me. And then after that, I, I decided to spend time with my family because uh, when I was working, the way I was working, I could bear um, I I lived in the US, but my, my family's from Venezuela. They live in another country. I also have family in other countries. So um, it was really I, I didn't spend the time and I actually carry like a a guilt almost, mm-hmm. this little guilt of not being there and not spending the time. So I went and and spent months with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of this, this connection that I had lost. And I think is very important as part of, of recovering is to, um, to reconnect with the people that you love and to be in those spaces where you feel safe and you can be vulnerable uh, and laugh
0: yeah.
1: and just, you know, be, 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 relaxed without having to do much. So those were my first two steps. And, and then I, then I continue, like you were saying, right? I study um, uh, 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 holistic nutrition because my body, obviously, you know, um, arriving at almost menopause at 33, there was some physical things that needed to, to be cared for. And I learned and became very passionate about the use of plants of and foods as medicine um and the last thing I did is I trained with my what I, who I consider my 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 main uh mentor who is Max Trom and he works with breath work yeah so when I found breath work <laughs> that was the whole that's when the whole thing just just united and I knew I knew at mm-hmm. that point that I was gonna be okay um so I didn't work for about I gave myself enough runway I know a lot of people can do this, right? But it's like a good six-month runway of just taking care of myself. Mm. Uh, More than that, I think it was probably nine months. Like, like having a baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) uh, It's a a mental health baby.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a mental health. It's like, okay, who is Maria without this, you know, checking the boxes and earning prices? Um, And and it still was difficult because it's mindset component was strong. Mm. Um, uh, and, and that has continued to be the main aim of my work has been um, nervous system self-regulation through breath work and other somatic therapies and just mindset um, called brain sculpting. It's like working out, yep. but for your mind, because all those, all those limiting beliefs that I interpreted as a kid where my words and my value was um uh we're running uh it's like a it was like maria 1.0 yep.
0: <laughs>
1: and i needed to install maria 2.0 yeah
0: so if we just recap i just want to just to like clarify it down so you first found something that you enjoy that you enjoyed that you hadn't done before but you know obviously somebody had recommended to you yoga Mm -hmm. you found you found found yoga or something you're passionate about that could that was calming and and soothing Mm -hmm. and and good for you then you went on a thing of reconnecting with people so creating connections reconnecting with family Uh, Mm -hmm. Then it was what was next then it was the
1: regenerative eating like getting back into
0: the holistic nutrition so Mm -hmm. actually looking after what you the fuel that we put into our bodies you don't put diesel into a into a gasoline car uh -hmm. so (laughs) making sure you're putting the the night the right nutrients into you and then breath work that's that's so you know and I just want to simplify that out for people that are listening just to be like hey these are you know you it it is it is simple but hard at the same time you know um so so okay cool so you did the you did the breath work and all that have you gone back to doing events or are you not you just no
1: no no no, <laughs> There was there was a part of me that uh, for a while thought, well, I can always go back yep. if this doesn't work. <laughs> because um, in my naivete, I thought, well, I'm going to leave off being a yoga teacher. Um, I have no idea. Mm. Here in the U.S., I'm not sure how it is uh, over there. But here to make a living as a yoga teacher is not that easy.
0: No. Uh, I think yeah. it's just. I think it's kind of like anything. It's not easy to make a living off of anything unless.
1: Yeah, it's not yoga, really. Yoga.
0: There's yeah. so many yoga teachers in the U.S. that yeah.
1: You have to <laughs> teach so many classes that it actually you'll burn out.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um the, the the model it's not so. Then I first thought that's what I was gonna do, and then I realized mm, well uh-uh, I can't physically do this. Um, and then I started coaching my mm-hmm. all. Uh, colleagues. That's how it all started.
0: <laughs> that, all... That, that, will, that will do it. So, so, okay. So you started coaching your old colleagues. Are they events people as well? Yes. Yep. Okay, yes. cool. So what was the key things? Because, you know, let's touch, let's touch on that. And then we'll kind of dig into a few things. What are the key things that you teach them that you've now mm-hmm. learned to help them prevent yes. and overcome the burnout?
1: Yeah. So, um, the first thing that we always work on is priorities. Mm-hmm. It's always priorities. Um, so I call it li- a life inventory. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes, until you look closely, you don't realize where your time is being spent. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So we look at where are the hours of the day going to. And uh, if you look at those when you do your inventory, um, put it on up in a, a order of the most to the least important and then see what's in the bottom of the least important notice how much time you spend there and can that be can we swap that's how i get to work with them okay can we use that time for you Mm. for you for what really matters assuming that you should be in that list of things that really matter most of us are not even in a list
0: no we're not and i I mean i wasn't
1: (laughs) i know that i wasn't it was everyone else and this is something that's very common on women and in some studies, they show that the same amount of women and men report burnout. Um, but about um, 25% of women, they report their burnout, they're exhausted before they even show up to their work from their homes.
0: Because they're looking after everybody else and not themselves.
1: Yes. Whereas yeah. So guys, that's guys, the problem. Guys
0: do have a tendency to be able to go, not nah, screw it. I'm going to go, I'm more, I'm just going to go do my thing. They get burned yeah. out for different reasons.
1: Right. So, that programming, so that's the first thing. And so, with that space, then we start plugging in the exact same things that you mentioned. So, we start wor- working with re- uh, regenerative uh, nutrition. I- I'm a fan of superfoods yep. and repairing the gut yep. um, because that's your second brain, but it has so much to do with the immune system and your absorption. So, we take that and then we add the mindset. And so we do brain calisthenics. I have certain exercises that they use that time to do in order to be able to notice and redirect. It's not like you're going to do it. It's just ongoing. You notice and continuous, you redirect. It's
0: a continuous thing. You know, I think, yeah. I think about for myself because I do the same thing. I think about myself and even just 12 months ago, some of the things that used to get underneath my skin, I just constantly kept bringing awareness and mm-hmm. recognize where they came from mm-hmm. my, my childhood. Mm-hmm and went mm-hmm. okay cool and then recognize okay this is actually stemming from my past which is trying to create mm-hmm. my future doesn't need to where do I want to go what do I want to yeah. do today? which pathway do I want to take no, that's correct
1: important. and but without having even the tangible of this is what I'm thinking because what happens I feel at least in my case in most the women I work with is that the emotions yeah. are so. It's what you you catch it at that point. You catch mm-hmm. it at the point that you have the emotional outburst, or, or, or sometimes it's not an outburst. Sometimes it's like detached, like you completely numb. I I I have uh, clients that tell me I'm like a zombie. Yep, nothing, nice. yeah, nothing matters anymore. So that emotional component is all they can see, and so if you back it and start seeing at the thought. And then they believe they initiated that you feel more empowered. Yeah. Um, and so that's the work of the brain sculpting. And then, in order for you to do that, I work with breath work and some, some uh, breath initiated movement. Um, because if you're in such a high emotional state, it's hard to do the work. Yeah. So, kind of just bring self regulate, bring your nervous system into a more parasympathetic space so you can ask the question so you can feel and feel safe
0: yeah.
1: um so there's a lot of checking in through the day how do i feel what do i need how do i feel what do i need how do i feel <laughs> awesome. um and that's that's the core of it it's really the three pillars the body the mindset and the nervous system
0: that's amazing that's yeah it's it, and it is it's so important you know i i live my life by uh, i create a pyramid and I, I, you know, a similar thing, look after me. Uh, then I look after, you know, my close friends and family, uh, the ones that I classify as family. And then at the very top is work and everybody else. And most people, as you were saying, even yourself was looking after work first and everybody else. And then yourself was a little tiny tip instead of the platform at the bottom. But yes, by doing your three pillars, you look after you and then you can actually show up because, you know, as, as they use the analogy all the time, the oxygen mask on an airplane. You can't look yeah. after else and you're dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I
1: have I have a, a, a lovely client of mine who when she came to me, um we had our initial conversation, you know, and this is very emotional, of course, mm. um, but I remember her saying that one of the things that pain her the most is as being the zombie that she become, become, mm. uh, is that her uh, son would say, Mom, I told you that already. You don't listen to me. You never listen to me. And so, and she was so frustrated with herself um, because it's not like she didn't want, it's like she was just done, right? Just- yes. Checked You're out. So you know empty. How to
0: You're so empty that you can't actually even take anything yeah. on. I thought. And I the- thought I had. I thought I was getting dementia because I got dementia yeah. in my family, and I thought I had dementia. And I walked out of the first counseling session, and she went, "These are the symptoms of burnout." And I was like, "Holy cow! I have every single one of those." And then we walked out, and we we're walking around the grocery store for some unknown reason. We decided to do the groceries after the first session, and um, I turned to my wife and I said, "At least I know I don't have dementia." Yeah.
1: I thought it was the so
0: best. So I've been so I've been living with that as well, and not talking and not talking about it, not actually yeah. communicating any of it.
1: Because we don't, uh, you know, when you're a high achiever, you're just like. And there's, uh, I discovered something in my work, cause I work mainly with professional women in corporate, yeah. um, that there is a fear that if you admit your weaknesses, you will to get passed on a promotion. You are your your career might get damaged, or people are going to think you're just complaining. All of these things, so we we don't say a thing. This particular person that I mentioned to you about one of the I know that one of the biggest things that this work gave her was the closer relationship with her son Mm. um and that is you know what you were saying she took care of herself just validating what you said it was her was her you know um nutrition her mindset her um nervous system but in turn that provided for her to be able to be a mom that, that connects to her son.
0: Be able to be present, be able to be more mm-hmm. focused on the, uh, the people that she cared about. And yeah. so it's, it's so true about the worrying about, especially when you get into those dark times, worrying about the what others are going to think, the promotions, things like that. I was in law enforcement. I was worried that if I put my hand up and I heard rumors, if I put my hand up, then I could lose my job almost even. I've interviewed some cops in the states and that and they literally it is a realistic fear that if they go on to antidepressants or they are clinic they're, they're declared depressed or any of that kind of stuff they lose their firearm in turn they lose their role as a police officer so they literally cannot work. And so you know, and I had this, this fear as well. If I put my hand up, I'm going to be looked at as the weak one and everybody's going to look at me differently and everybody's going to judge me. And then it went on to the top on top of the fact that I was worried that everybody was going to judge me from just past childhood. And so it literally, it does. And it's so true. And the, you know, for me, I don't know how you, what your thoughts are on, I'd love to know, but for me, it was, I have to look after me because otherwise I'm going to lose everything and everyone if I don't look after me. So in turn, I do need to put my hand up. And if something happens because of work and consequences of that, okay. Turned out, I went to my boss and yes, he was freaked out at first, but he said, go see the welfare person just to make sure that you can still be on the street and that otherwise we'll, we'll help you and we'll sort it out. And so it was, it was really, it it turned out to actually not be how I thought it was, but at the same time, there is that realistic fear, especially for people that want to achieve a lot.
1: Yeah, I had a I had a person in my life that helped me. I I I I'm, I'm not like you. I mean you you kind of had that decision. I had to be the one. Um, what end up having you know with the emotional state that I was having. Uh, my partner at the time, my, my boyfriend at the time, saying you having pretty much what I had no understanding of anxiety attacks. I, I was just so unaware of all these things. Um, but this is kind of like an anxiety attack you're having right now. Yeah. And I was like, what? No, I don't have those. <laughs> it's like, but uh, but as I started, you know, he kept hearing me talk about my work and how horrible, how hard and this and that. And he said, and I said, I think I want to leave, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, like, do whatever you want to do. Oh, and I, I exactly. for me, it was having somebody that said, Yes, you can leave, just you're not going to end up under a bridge. Yes, you, but I, I did not have within me at that point, the courage. Maybe I I would have eventually, but in my case, it was me having someone next to me that said, you can do it and you're going to do it and it's going to be okay. And then, and then I will back, like backpedal. No, 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 maybe next year, maybe next year. And he'd be like, no, look at you. Like mm, you, you it back have to do you, this. Bringing it
0: back to you, is showing it back to you. So it's, yeah. it's really, I want to, I want to, I want to bring that up just for viewers, just to really put a point on that it is as hard as it is when you're in those States or when you feel like, you know, maybe, you know, people are saying that to you, loved ones say it to you because they can see what you can't. Mm-hmm. When You're in the heat of stuff mm-hmm. and maybe you're there now, maybe you've been there in the past, maybe you'll be there in the future, but when you're in the heat of stuff, you don't see it no but others will see it in you so really make sure that you do listen not from a thing of and as hard as it is it's like oh my god they're judging me they're you know they don't understand and blah 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 they can see things from the outside it's that this is why we hire coaches as well because Mm -hmm. a coach not necessarily the best on the field but can observe and see things in the best way in you and what you could work on Um, yeah it's
1: yeah a scientific it's a scientific fact that you cannot see your blind spots. No. You can't and, and this person in my life is so interesting because I mean it was so insistent. So I had a calendar in my in my his story. I had a calendar in my office and I marked the date. and the day was a month before the largest program of the year which I served many years in that year I was supposed to be in charge of the VIP program which made it harder and I told myself I am not gonna go through this another year and uh and the day and I told him the day and when the day arrived um I needed to with my, my my resignation and my boss was nowhere to be found. And everybody left the office and I'm sitting there. It's almost 7.30 going on eight and my boss is running around because of a program. And I sat there because I knew that if I waited, I was going to chicken out. <laughs> it was like, I have to do this. And when she, re- when she saw me, what are you doing here? And then she went, like pale she's like don't do yeah she said don't do this to me those were her words Mm -hmm. don't do this to me and i and i told her it it was for my health that she understood but at the moment it's like you know anyone that's losing their top
0: all that that fear and all she had all her own stuff Mm -hmm. going on as Mm -hmm. well.
1: Mm -hmm. and i did it but i did it because of the support of this person um and uh so i you're right um Mm -hmm. It can be scary to go and ask for help and all those things. Um, but trust that the people around you want the best for you. Yeah. More than you kind of can see because for so long you have neglected yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's not it's not a, it's not, not a bad thing. It's just the thing that you've gotten mm-hmm. off track and people have wanted to help you. Right. Habitually,
1: you have virtually, you have virtually um, because you know, often in my case, I was always a strong one. Yeah. Right, so I, I was the oldest sister that started in that, that programming started that early. It'll, it'll, that the programming sister. all
0: starts when we're a kid, when we're toddlers, mm-hmm. it all starts back mm-hmm. there and then it just keeps getting re-concreted in until you make a choice of changing it. Mm-hmm. So Maria, I like to, I'm a why guy. Um, I started recognizing whys back oh, about three, four years ago uh, when I was doing some work on myself. Uh, and I recognize my why is I want to create less pain in the world. So I, I want to I create less pain in people's lives, including my own. Uh, and so it creates the best versions of ourselves. And I know mine stems from when I was a kid, seeing my parents argue that it co- concreted in later on as well with seeing my brother get bullied and always wanting to stop it, me getting bullied and then carrying on. And I can actually see how it's how my why is in everything that I've ever done what would you say your why is Maria if you if you know it
1: yeah my why is um uh to end the lineage the female lineage of obligation and sacrifice in order to feel worthy hmm So when I say lineage, it's because this is a generational thing. Mm. I mean, I got it from my grandmother and my mom got it from ours. And it's been so I want to break free from that lineage of sacrifice and obligation in order to prove ourselves.
0: Mm, I love it. How did you identify that?
1: Because I, as I, as I became more and more fascinated with my own journey and my, my, understanding of my um my limiting beliefs i could recognize the behavior all throughout my family mm. and then as i started to working with my clients the same thing happened they started tracing it back to their mothers and their grandmothers and i can see clearly how this is a generational thing and uh i um i feel that if I can stop a mom from passing that to a daughter, then in just a couple of generations, this will be different. Like the 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 future generation of women will be able to be brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. in the workspace, but without that sense of complete sacrifice and an utter obligation in order to feel enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. So Because my, my belief is from what I've, what I've found is your why has been there along with you your entire life and Mm -hmm. everything, every job you've done, everything that you've done, you initially gone into it because it serviced your why. So how did event planning and event management service that why?
1: Um, how did it serve it? Well, it was two main things. Well, the one is that now I work with women in this corporate space. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I had to enter the corporate space uh, and adopt a overly masculine uh, attitude towards achievement. And I would not learn that. Mm. I remember literally the times in my twenties when I had to make those, those decisions and decide not to feel that way.
0: Like mm. I remember
1: vividly when I say, I cannot let them see me suffer. Mm. I cannot let them see me sweat. so right right then
0: you were already servicing your why by changing changing your lineage of from your mother and your grandmother Mm -hmm. and all that because i take Mm -hmm. it they did let people see them sweat they did do all that and
1: so i was like
0: different yeah yeah and
1: then at the end what i think the the biggest the biggest thing was that in the end how i served my why was that being in those spaces um you know, there was so many people, so much stuff going on. I realized how my capacity, like what actually, uh, my brilliant, like how brilliant I actually am. I, I explore that, I play with that. And yes, I push it to the limit, but I would not believe in myself in other careers had I not experienced that there, I don't know if I would have, I kind of knew, okay, I can do it. I did it here. I can do it somewhere else. I yeah. just want to do it differently.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's always creating that different change and changing yourself from mm-hmm. your past. Even before you do all the self-work, you were already mm-hmm. doing it within yeah. the industry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Awesome. I have a great coach that told me <clears throat> recently when I decided that I really wanted just to work with women in corporate. Uh, that the reason why I did that, it, it was because I needed to come full circle and heal my relationship with corporate America. Yeah. So I had to go through that in order to return and, and heal it um, and to see it as a, something different. One has to be able to see beyond what it is now and see what it can be.
0: Yeah. Very, very true. So Maria, when you have, you know, there's people out there I know that don't know their why um, they don't know what that, what that real deep, deep thing, it's beyond your purpose It's beyond going, Oh yeah, I feel like this is my purpose to be a police officer, to be an event manager, to be a coach. It's literally deep seated into our, into ourselves into our, our soul. What is it that you, you know, what, What would you say to them to help them figure out what their why is if if they're struggling to actually identify it
1: um well i actually have a process but let me shrink it that we go through i call it the why that makes you cry (laughs) (laughs) so so the why that makes you cry is because when you are a a high achieving individual you're very used to goals you're Mm. goal oriented so it's difficult to move from a goal to why, and I said, you have to think about why and the words that some people use our intention mm. as something that has a visceral connection to you. So you can start with a goal, which is more external and, and then start and keep asking yourself why.
0: Mm. And when you answer
1: that question, why, try to use emotions or words that, it, that, that invite emotion. And then again, why? And then again, why? And then you go because 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 why? And it's gonna be annoying because you're gonna be there's gonna be a point that you think you cannot think about why, but go past that. When you go past that point where you're almost like blocked, and annoyed that you think that this is it, and you start getting emotional, that's when you get into it. Why? And then eventually, and then don't don't be afraid of of um. Just feeling that sensation of like I want to cry, because you know I I I I I cannot you know I want to be happy with my family. I don't know what it will be for you, but just keep asking why. Don't and un- and I'm not saying three or four times. I'm saying like seven, eight, nine yeah. times, and then just keep. And that why is <clears throat> not a static thing is you're going to continue to massage it and you read it and then you're kind of going to start adding and changing things to it uh and then the last thing is that anytime you do something that feels important to you ask yourself um why am i doing this and who am i doing this for Mm -hmm. and that might start bringing you some idea Mm -hmm. so just keep asking yourself why why be patient but just why why and then don't don't by has the emotions use mm-hmm. emotional language use emotional I, language. I, I love that
0: and i heard i heard not that long ago actually i, I was listening to this, something and that about like interviewing and that um around like police side of stuff and that and it was you know when you ask the why question it it creates emotion when you ask what it actually creates logic and so mm-hmm. by asking the why i run a similar process with my with my mm-hmm. with my clients uh But I ask them, first, I have them ask themselves, why is it important for you to be Mm -hmm. successful? Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. that kind of just starts and it gets that kind of goal side of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. every answer you ask yourself, why it's important? Why is that important? Mm -hmm. And you got to be real focused on making sure that you're not, you are obviously same thing with the emotion side of stuff, but also making sure that you're not saying the same answers you said before in different words.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the way you kind of...
0: People can get to about three or four levels down pretty easily. They'll get there Mm -hmm. really quickly and be like, yeah, I got it. It's, you know, it's there and that. I go, okay, cool. Well, why is that important? And they'll say the same answer for like about level three or four. They'll say about the same answer just in different words. Yeah, And that's where, that's where I do things a little bit different to different people. And that's kind of like what you're doing with the emotion. Mm -hmm. I actually get people to go, okay, cool. Well, why is that important? And where did it come from?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Because the where did it come from actually gets them to take whatever that level is, you know, mine, I think it was around, you know, wanting to be able to, you know, be feel close to my parents or something like that Mm -hmm. at that level. And it's like, it's like, well, that comes from feeling like my parents weren't around as much when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. As soon as I go there, I'm like, oh, shit, that has more power. Okay, well, why is it important Mm -hmm. for me to have my have 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 my have people around? And it instantly it brings, it brings that emotion in. And then you start to figure out where it stems from. Because again, like we talked about before, if you know where it comes from, you can then go, oh, and it has even more power and you can actually create it and make the choices that you want with it. Um, but I love your way just with the emotion, really making sure that they're asking the emotion. But the why, the why question is like the best question I think I've ever figured out. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. And like I said, you know, if it makes you cry, you know you gotten there. Yeah. Not yeah. always, you don't know, always, but you will feel a visceral connection to it. Yeah. yeah. You feel like an like little thing in the pit. It lights stomach. you up.
0: It's like an aha moment. It's like all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, that is why I do everything that I have ever done. I had one client, his was to create stability. His why was creates stability. And as soon as we stemmed back and we figured out where it came from, it was like, oh my God. And he actually found his within about three or four levels. He found it, but didn't recognize where it came from or why it was so important until we dug deeper in different ways and also recognized where it came from. Of his parents, you know, him them having no money and them having to find quarters to buy bread for dinner and like all this different stuff. And he doesn't want that. And so he's always wanted to create stability in everybody's life because when he was five years old, he had these things he felt like there was no stability
1: yeah yeah and
0: it's 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 so incredible uh so maria what would be let's talk about because you deal with a lot of corporates but also you have that event background what would be the number one piece of advice you would give to people that are in that event high mm-hmm. strong, high achieving industry what would be the number one piece of advice you, advice you would give uh to prevent or overcome burnout
1: well, one thing about that industry is that, in general, you know, you kind of know your schedule for the year more or less, or at least mm-hmm. each quarter. Like you know where are your 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 events, mm-hmm. and I think it's incredibly important. Like any athlete prepares mm-hmm. to a big event, um, it is super important that leading to some to, to a, a program a week long or a weekend long it doesn't matter that you nourish your nervous system that you nourish your body and then that you provide yourself with enough rest and and uh, um, stability to move into it. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, don't st- I know that leading to you also have a lot to do but you have more power leading to, to block time and the other one is to do that. It's literally to create stable blocks of time. And by stable, I mean same time, maybe even the same place. So your brain recognizes when I'm in this place at this time, I relax, I take care of myself. So this can be, it doesn't have to be an hour. It can just be just 15 minutes, the secret 15 minutes to give yourself in the morning and in the evening. And then I'm a fan of somewhere around the lunchtime Just give yourself an opportunity, whether it's to go and get in the sun or do some breath work. You just have to intentionally block time for this specifically before you go into a a program, because it is likely that during the program you're going to have to give up some of this. But don't assume so. That's the other one because you might be able to do it, but you just are so used to that. Well, it's a program. I can't do anything, but observe. And then maybe it's not the full morning, evening. Maybe you only have the evening, whatever it might be. Maybe you just breathe in your car, but you have to. So I call those um, those sort of smaller capsules of time that you give to yourself So like little emergency capsules that you give yourself in the process of high intensity and nourish, eat like really nourish yourself physically on those times, even if it's liquid. If you had to be juicing, like not juicing yourself, but getting juices and drinking liquid nutrition like nourish your body so it can support you through the process of a high intensity program. So leading to you have to give your brain a a, a a reference point. You can't find calm if you never if you don't know how it feels. So you have to create those blocks where you are calm regularly so when you are in this high stress situation you have a your brain and your nervous system have a reference point that you can reach to with a couple exercises but you have to be so intentional about preparing like an athlete you eat like an athlete (laughs) you sleep more you like go to an extra yoga class you meditate a little bit more like you're training for the olympics here you like you go or you're an artist and you're going to perform and i don't know the super bowl whatever it might be you have to do that prep yourself for the intensity that's about to come it's 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 smart it's
0: smart Mm. so in other words in other words schedule in you time Mm -hmm. make sure you have you time and created a habit so that when you're in the event it still is like i have to do this even if it's for five minutes instead of 50 minutes yes you start craving it Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, So Maria, uh, I know you run some coaching programs and you run some, you know, you help um, women, um, especially high achieving women, um, prevent and overcome burnout. So uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out and have a look at what your services are? And we'll put the links down below.
1: Yeah, so um, I guess uh, these days social media is where everybody's at. So you can find me on in, in Instagram as Om Om, like Om, om My Wellness altogether. That's also my website, ommywellness.com. Um, and there you can find uh, the main two ways that I work it's on one on one programs. Um, there's my core repair um, burnout repair program, but I also run a group. Uh, it's called Breathe with Me, and these are um, these are uh, breathing courses uh, to support people in creating their own uh, practices, so they can start self-regulating their nervous system.
0: That is so, awesome. So. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll put that down below I'll also put your website down there, which is the mm-hmm. same thing just.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll put those, I'll put those links in the description. So if you are watching this or listening to this, uh, that will be in the description down, down below the Instagram handles, as well as the website. Uh, last question for you, Maria, what is your top tip to self-happiness?
1: To make time to be kind to yourself.
0: I love it. I love it. That is perfect. <laughs> Make time to be kind for yourself. So as you guys know, you know here at Fight the Burnout, we, our motto, and it has always been my motto since I was in the police, uh, is train hard, test easy. And the reason that I always say train hard, test easy is because we're always gonna be tested. So why don't we train, as Maria was even saying, as you're preparing for those events, train as if you're going to the Olympics as an athlete. So you're gonna train, train your mind as hard as you can. That sometimes is literally sitting on the couch that is training hard for you, and that is okay. Sometimes it is literally going off and doing a week long yoga retreat where you don't see anybody or, you know, going and training your body really hard for something. But we always want to train hard so that when we do get those tests, because we know that we get them, whether it be a loved one saying something that you didn't interpret wrong, whatever it is, you're always going to be tested. So make sure that you are best prepared for it. If you need a coach, reach out to Maria. She's, you know, she does it. We also do it here at Fight the Burnout as well. So you can reach out to us at Fight the Burnout podcast. Uh, at gmail.com. We'd be happy to talk to you about how that can work, uh, or even just give you some more tips and tricks. Uh, and also make sure you like, subscribe and share this episode to anybody that you know, could get one thing out of it. Because in life, no matter what we do, if we get one thing out of it, we're winning. Uh, so till next time, we love you all. And thank you again, Maria for being here with us. And um, remember, we do live, we do episodes every single week. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you. So reach out.